0: Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Is that, a, is that to help me today? Yes. He, M.C. Herman is holding up a book uh. to, so I can see the book that we're reviewing. I think it's by a guy named Tripp, and it's Do You Believe? It's his kind of intro to systematic theology, taking a doctrine, Um of God and then applying it to everyday life. It's it's what the show is about, the Gospel for Life Around the Table today Pastor Jonathan Van Houken from Dayspring
1: Reformed Church. Brother, how are you? I'm doing very well. If people want to find you, where would they look? Well, if the, you know on the web dayspringboise.com. Perfect. Uh, there's also a Dayspring Reformed Church on Facebook.
2: Okay.
0: And then Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed Church. Brother, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Where can people find you? Uh cloverdaleurc.org. And you're also a rapper part-time
3: exactly. on TikTok, I've got a MC little Herman. side gig going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and just, it's going really well, thanks for yeah, asking. Yeah, you missed it. Uh, my name is Josh Bells. I'm from The Well, Boise. You can find us at thewellboise.com. And then we have a guest host with us today, Pastor Tim Hazel Baker from Middleton First Baptist. Brother, how are you? I'm well, thank you. And then where can people find you if they're looking for you?
2: Middletonbaptist.org. Perfect. Awesome. I was going to say
0: something really witty. But I can't remember what it was, (laughs) so we'll go right. Oh, no, I remember what it was. It wasn't witty. It was informational. It was, uh, we need to talk about our conference coming up.
3: October 21st and 22nd, we're having our annual Reformation Boise conference at um, Valley Shepherd Shepherd. Church, um, just south of... um, Overdo- Overland Drive Overdose on drive. <laughs> Meridian Road. Where can we um, find you during the week? <laughs> I know. Um, Dr. Joel Beaky and Dr. Derek Thomas are coming to speak on the topic of the church. We're extremely excited about um, the conference. Um, Those hopefully- are two great speakers. Um,
0: Derek Thomas, the- he, I listened to his uh, Theological Foundations lectures uh, when I first uh, kind of came into Calvinism. So helpful, so
1: helpful, so and good. And easy to listen to. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got like that great Welsh, Welsh accent. Welsh accent. It's yep. just an easy, he's just a wonderful man to listen to. Yep. And he's a
0: Ligonier Fellow. Yes. Yep. Yep. So pretty good conference. Yep. I would say.
3: Yeah, it's worth it's, we're, it's we're, worth the admission yep. price. Yep. Right? Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> swank. You will for <laughs> sure get, get for your defenses. money's worth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, to we, the free conference. Tim, you've come
0: to our conference before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is yes. It? How would you rate it on skill from one to ten?
2: Uh, I and remember,
0: there's a lot on the line than how you answer this question.
2: <laughs> there, it was perfect. <laughs> uh, it, I don't, I didn't make it last year, but I no, I've, I've really enjoyed it both times I've come. My wife has really enjoyed it. You know, one thing that's been great is um, we, you know, we, we used to listen to preaching together all the time. You know, before I was a pastor. Yeah. And so one thing that's nice is when we go to Reform Con we get to drive home and talk about what we heard which that's, is you know it's just not as common anymore yeah. since i took up the mantle yeah awesome
0: well we're glad that uh you you're here on the program with we're us glad today. for that
2: unbiased yeah. <laughs> plug for the conference <laughs>
0: <clears throat> that's right all right so we are talking about uh, god's sovereignty shameless is Sh- what that was, yeah, was. shameless hey, well, that's pretty much what this show is <laughs> We've been talking about the doctrine of God's sovereignty, and we've been applying it for the last several episodes, and it's one of those um, attributes of God that is has endless application. I mean, the doctrine of God's sovereignty applies literally to every day of your life. So we're going to hit a, a big verse this morning, um, specifically Romans 8.28. Can one of you guys uh, – I, I think I have it memorized, but I don't
2: want to – Hose it. So can one of you guys read that? Romans eight twenty eight? And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. All right, so to twenty nine, too. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Alright, so what what is what theology is being taught here? Providence that God is working in all things
3: and bending them towards his purposes. Sometimes I think we read the verse that God works everything together for our good in the sense of that it's all things are going to work out exactly how we want them to. Circumstantially. Yes. Um, that all things are going to turn out great um, in my life. Um, any problems are going to be erased. Um Everything's going to just be well. And I, I'm pretty confident that that's not what Romans 8.28 is saying. Um, the I'd, good is yeah. defined, and I think this is maybe why Jonathan had us go into verse 29. The good defined is the the purpose that we might be conformed um, to the image of Jesus Christ. So the good... Is really the work that God is doing in the hearts and lives of His people to conform them to the image of His Son, um,
1: and we have this promise in God's Word that He that began a good work in us is going to bring it to completion. That's the whole point of of this. Everything that you know, every all these things that have come into our life are. uh, Will be used Mm -hmm. for God to complete His good and perfect work in us, and so, you know, when when we go even beyond, it talks about this whole chain of salvation. Those who He predestined, He called, and those whom He called, He justified, and those whom He justified, He also glorified. And we know that's the the last point of salvation when when we're glorified before God in heaven, where you know we're removed from the presence of sin and the power of sin and and we're with him forever
3: throughout the new testament there are these passages that really talk about this idea that things come into our life so peter will say in this you rejoice so now for a little while if necessary you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ though you have not seen him you love him though you do not you do not see him you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls and and really what he's he's saying here and other places is that God brings trials into our life to to refine us mm-hmm. Um, James will say the same thing. I think that's actually, at least in part, what Paul is saying in Romans 8, 28, that, that no matter what happens in our life, God is using it for our good in the fact that our good is that God is using that to make us like Jesus Christ. And so sometimes we get in trouble because we misdefine good. We define it based upon our comfort and our ease and our pleasure and um, our circumstances being favorable, um, and really, that is not the the picture, the the definition uh, of good that I think Scripture drives at. Yeah,
0: I think maybe a couple illustrations of this to, to flesh it out a little bit. Um, one one from the Book of Job. Um job has his his wealth um, decimated in a day. all of his his children are are killed in a day. Um, his wife um, eventually kind of turns against him, at least kind of rebukes job. and then job's friends start piling it up. and then the whole middle part of the book is just the sufferings of Job. and um, how is God gonna cause all of those things to work together? for for Job's good. And if you're tracking with the theology of the book, you get to chapter 38 and then God shows up and he starts speaking. Um, and the end of the matter is that Job says, I have heard of you with my ears, but now I see you with my eyes and I repent. And the idea is that before Job even got his stuff back, his circumstances, before God gave him wealth and his children again, um, n- new children, It was enough that he saw God. Um, And that's what trials do. I mean, look, Romans 8.28 isn't for the person who's living high on the hog. It's for the person who's living down in the valley. And um, what we often need is to see that our greatest good is not our circumstances, but our greatest good is seeing God, knowing who He is and His attributes, um, communing with Him. And sometimes trials have a way of, of... of tuning our our um, spirits and souls into God in such a way where prosperity doesn't. I mean, how many times do we look at David in the book of First and Second Samuel, where when he's living in the palace, that's when he's in his most dangerous season, and when he's living on the on the run, that's when he's closest to God. So mm-hmm. I think one of the the, the you know um, applications of Romans twenty eight is God is giving us comfort in those seasons of affliction. He wants us to know that this really will work out. For good, And the good is, namely, seeing more of God, Mm -hmm. understanding who he is.
2: I think, too, if if you think about the good that came out of Job's life, we're all talking about it. Job is a proverb for all of us who, when we go through suffering that's nothing compared to what Job went through, we can say, well, we certainly learned this from the life of Job. And I think that's relevant to, to tell people, you know, in a pastoral sense. When somebody is struggling and they're, why am I going through this? Why am I going through this? Well, we don't always know. We, we, we can guess this, Lord willing, that on the other side of this, you're going to have a story of God's faithfulness and you're going to be able to tell somebody else. Let's say it's a divorce. Why am I getting divorced? Well, I don't know. Someday, hopefully, uh, once you inevitably meet somebody else who's getting divorced, you can tell them, well, look, I've been there. I know what you're going through. It's awful. The Lord was faithful to me through my divorce. And this is how he was kind to me. And this is what he taught me. And this is how he grew me. That's you know that's another what's the good that's coming out of our trials and yeah. those all things, Amen.
3: and there are going to be times when we might not ever get to see the the purpose behind it. Um, Elizabeth Elliot wrote a book called These Strange Ashes, and it was from a time in her life before she was married to Jim Elliot, before she was Elizabeth Elliot, um, where she was doing missionary work and they were doing all this translation work in this remote um, village and. South America and and literally all of their work went up in ashes. It all burned and she they never recovered it. All of this work where they were translating the Bible into the language of these people and they lost it all. And in the book it's it's fascinating she basically says people will sometimes come up to me and say, "Well, God did this was doing this because" and she said I don't need a because. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know the purpose behind why God chose to do what he did. God is God. Mm-hmm. And it's enough for me to say he did it and I trust him. Yeah. And yeah. I that's that I believe is really the the heart of what it means to, to apply sovereignty to life, that we don't need the because.
1: That's yeah, there's there's strange ashes. There we recognize there's evil in this world. This passage is not saying that all things are good. It's saying that God works all things for good, mm-hmm. and uh, and it also says we know this is not a matter of conjecture. This is not a matter of opinion. We know that because we know who God is. That He's in control of all these things. And you know, we began by saying you know um, where this is all leading for the believer. Um, you know, we know that there, you know, there's glorification on the other end, and there's passages that are going to refer to that. We know that if our earthly tabernacle, the you know, the body that we're in, that we're dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So these are the things that we know. All this is tr- moving toward a finish, uh, which is the beginning of everything. Mm-hmm. To add to
2: what uh, Russ was saying, oh. Go ahead. You got 30 seconds. 30 you seconds.
0: 20 seconds.
2: In Esther, uh, her cousin comes to her and says, maybe you've been set up for such a time as this. He doesn't claim to say, you've been set up for such a time as this. Remember, Alistair Begg was preaching on that text, and he said, it's usually not a good idea for us to try to interpret our circumstances immediately. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's good for us when we're in trials is mm-hmm. to not try to not. Mm-hmm. Every I and cross every T.
0: But trust that God is in control of those circumstances. Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.